Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I've been a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, the only podcast that you need to listen to to find out everything that is going on in the nursing home industry. My guest today is hails all the way from Cincinnati. We are connecting via the unstable cables of the internet here in today's office. After some technical difficulties, we are back on air. So today's guest is Joe Goldberg, who has a couple of decades of marketing experience specifically within the healthcare space, within the long-term care space. And it's, we connected on LinkedIn as where all good connections happen. And it's really an honor to have you with us today. So Joe Goldberg, welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast. Thank you for the invite. Sure. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. So like we really just started talking literally a couple minutes ago and I really don't know very much about you, which is exactly the way that I like it. So can you give just our listeners a little, uh, really the short version of who you are professionally and how you got to where you are right now and that will kind of shape the conversation and they'll understand you know, where you're coming from for the rest of the conversation. Go ahead. Sure, good afternoon, everyone. Roughly about 21 years ago, um, coming out of uh, Judaic school, I was unsure uh, which direction I wanted to head in. Uh, a gentleman, a, an entrepreneur gave me an opportunity to manage his real estate properties. And over time, I had a, a knack and a talent for filling his apartment buildings. He also had uh, nursing homes as well. And he said, Joe, if you're able to fill apartment buildings, I can use you, more, you know, far more uh, you, you know, needed in the nursing home world. And if you're able to be successful at this, so too, you certainly can be successful in the nursing home business. And I, I thank God I have been for about roughly 21 years. Um, from starting in real estate to nursing home and have been able to, thank God, been able to, to maintain a, a, a spectacular census. Amazing. Amazing. So you're very familiar then with the challenges, of an operator's challenge of keeping the nursing home beds full, of keeping running a high census as close to full as possible. And you're obviously very in touch and have lived and breathed the changes in the marketing atmosphere. So uh, over the last 10, 20 years. So let's just talk about that for a moment. What was it like marketing, um, trying to fill your beds from the beginning of your career compared to today? What's like the most drastic difference that you find? Drastic difference, 21 years ago, uh, someone did help me get into, into face-to-face uh, time with social workers within the hospitals. Um, and it was a fairly open door policy 20 some years ago. Today, it's they're they're on lockdown it's uh it's very tough to get in and see social workers it's very tough to to even find their offices um and quite uh, frequently you have 
social workers that are that, that do not stay put in where they're in their position for more than six months at a time whereas years ago people just stayed and you knew exactly where they were not necessarily what floor but what department who they cared for and what type of uh, clientele they had and 20 some years ago you were able to make contact with those social workers and you know at, at different times where, where um, you have the ups and downs of our census, uh, you were able to reach out to individuals for, for assistance. Um, it was a, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Today is a very different world. Um, it's, it's, it's very tough to get, get FaceTime. It's very tough to reach out. And there's, there's no um, philosophy of you scratch my back, I scratch yours. So let's, let's continue with that analogy. Well, to, to what extent do the case managers need you to scratch their back 21 years ago? And why don't they need that anymore? They had rough, uh, t- tough to place people. And once you became that person, I would say that was a one-stop shop where I had a facility that had a dementia unit, a, a behavior unit, a, a rehab unit. Um, I became known and developed a, a reputation for wanting and, and to help all walks of life. It, it didn't really matter. Um, what kind of walk of life, but if they, if they were down on their luck, um, the residents uh, needed their fifth chance in life, I was that guy. So the hospital knew that and they were willing to, just by that um, overall philosophy, they were, they were definitely willing to reach out to me before uh, others in the Cincinnati area. Okay, so two questions. Question number one is, did you, were you marketing just one facility or is it multiple facilities at that point? I started off with one facility, then we went up to three, and then it just geographically didn't make that much sense, uh, being that it was two different counties. Uh, So I went back to one, and then years later, um, we went back to two facilities that was no more than maybe two miles away. So geographically, it made sense um, for the hospitals to, to just reach out to me for both facilities. Got it. So the reason why I'm asking is because if you have one facility that's a one-stop shop, I would start to question, is your one facility really, can you have one facility that really caters to everybody? Now, again, today and yesterday and 21 years ago is a different world and the people who went to nursing homes were not the same or not all, a lot of the people you find today in nursing homes, you wouldn't find them uh, there necessarily 21 years ago. There weren't many hospitals. The, but it's, and, yeah. uh, the elderly, the elderly population as uh, it's a different population today than it was 20 some years ago. Right. It's kind of completely. And not just that, but also, I, mean, I guess, as a result, those who end up in a nursing home, you know, it's a different population than those who ended up there 21 years ago. So jump to 2020, um, you're trying to get FaceTime with case managers. And I know this myself from my administrative days, when I would go in with my liaisons and marketers, we would try to go in. They were lucky if they opened up the door, if we, like you said, if we found them and they were there and they weren't by a quote unquote meeting and they actually allowed us to bring in their, our pens or our brochures or whatever and talk to them for 30 seconds. So why don't they need the same assistance now that they needed then? An interesting question. Um, I I truly do think that they actually they, they do need a, the the assistance. However, I think different generation um, brought about a different culture. I'm not sure if that makes total sense. However, 
So let's let's develop that further for a minute. So in in the good old days, right? So let's just compare twenty years ago to today. So so we see the most drastic difference. So you would come in and you would say, "Hey, Michelle, how are things going? You know, things going great. You know, how's mom? All right, what do you have for me today?" You know, and they say, oh, well, we have this dementia patient and, you know, she's really been throwing things at all the nurses and it's really out of control. You think you can take her? She also has no parasaurs, Medicaid pending. There's no family and we have no way of getting documents. Can you take her? And you're like, sure. How many Medicare's do you also have? <laughs> right. And that's, exactly. kind of, that's, that's kind of how you roll. So now the same case manager still has both of those types of patients. And she still needs the same Michelle or the next generation Michelle or, or whatever the names are. Uh, they still have those patients and they still need to discharge them. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm just trying to figure out, I know that this is true and I know that, that the hospitals are, are definitely, uh, they're closed doors. Uh, the question is if it's really true that marketers were really helping the case managers in the hospitals and the case managers really relied on the their nursing home partners to help solve some of these difficult discharges, then why is that not still the case? And if and why if if someone else is if there's another solution, then where, where are they getting that information from? So years ago, I, I don't think that although hospitals do say or the case managers, you know, they said that they provided a number of choices. Let's say uh, mm-hmm. we provide our our, our patients. Our, our residents, their patients, um, uh, you know, five facilities that uh, perhaps is a viable option. I don't think that occurred like they said it did years ago. Today, I think it depends on who you're dealing with. Um, and I try to capitalize on those people are, who are still, I have a connection with from years ago to introduce me to the younger crap, if you will, and try to develop that and to 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 get my point across that I am your guy. I will make a decision quick. And like you just mentioned a second ago, happens to be, and, and sometimes it's just simply via email. I'll send a mm-hmm. bed availability out. Very simple FYI, which I'm not sure is effective today. However, I do get responses from the, ironically, from, from a social worker that's, let's say, uh, above 60 years old, you would think it, it would be the opposite. I wouldn't get a response from her. I'd get a phone call versus the 25 year old, um, you would think I'd get a response via email, but I don't. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I have the 60 year old that, uh, you know. Well, emails for 60 year olds, the 25 year old. Telling me, the older person telling me I have a referral, but it's pending Medicaid. And, that, and I am known for that. So I say, you know, hey, uh, so-and-so, Michelle, like you said, like, like you just said a second ago, uh, you know, I'm gonna do you a major favor and you know I could do it and I'm willing to do, but send me two more Medicare's and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you know, help me out over here. My, I don't know, my skilled mix is down. Uh, so on and so forth. So I don't, I don't think the need has changed. I think the philosophy and thought process has changed. So, so let, let me, let me throw something out there. Um, Cause I know that, you know, in the recent years when I was hiring um, for these roles, admission roles, even now sometimes clients ask me about referrals uh, for people to fill the the external liaison position, right? The marketer who's going into the hospital and doing what, what you've been doing. And, you know, there are some, how do we say this? I don't need to be politically correct. There are people who take advantage of their bosses and they sit in the cafeteria in the hospital and they're not really doing much. 
because in the good old days they were able to do X, Y, and Z. And now because they're so limited, they're kind of milking the cash cow. They get paid, you know, much more than many times, more than anyone else in the building other than the administrator and the DON because they're the ones who are directly um, impacting revenue. But at the same time, you know, there's limited what they could do. So, so I mean, that definitely creates a challenge and a shift. But uh, really, another point that I think even more important is that the hospitals are being held accountable now for the clinical outcomes in their post-acute partners. So when if someone's going to go to a specific nursing home, they could love you, and you might know Michelle's mom, and you might have gone to you know the family, whatever. You could be great friends and everything, but that's not going to cut it because she's going to be judged, not just if she got through her list at the end of the day, what happened after they left the hospital, how long were they in the nursing home, what did they do in the nursing home, how long did it take the nursing home to successfully discharge that resident back to the community, if that was the plan, did the person succeed in going back to the community and stay out of the hospital for 30 days, and if not, again, every state and city is a little bit different, but, you know, they could be penalized for that, so, the relationship and being friendly and all that is less of a factor and it's going to be more numbers based data driven and they're going to look at this is going to be you know what we really want to talk about they're going to look at your star rating they're going to look at what you look you know what are people saying about you online they're going to want to they're going to want to know the truth in other words 20 years ago perhaps you could have had a facility that was only providing okay care and maybe not the best care but if the marketer it was you know really the facts didn't make as much of a difference if the marketer and the discharge planner had that relationship or if the ownership or whatever type of relationship they had, that could have affected the discharge, you know, the discharge patterns and that could have obviously affected census. We're now, where it's much more data driven, they're going to want to know hard facts um, over, you know, exactly what's going on in the nursing home, which is why all the case managers, they have their list and they're saying, you know, some of them, they're not going to write a contract unless you have four star, you know, CMS rated four star or above. So, so, but let's just use this as a transition into that. How, how, how do you feel just from wearing your marketing hat? I know that now you're transitioning to the operations side, but still holding on to your marketing hat for a moment. How do you feel the star rating has changed over the years and, and what's the best way or let's talk about what you might think is the best way uh, for nursing homes to capitalize on their star ratings. An interesting point. Um, and that's how I believe uh, how, how this all came about our relationship uh, on the LinkedIn profile uh, platform, Correct. Um, reaching out to you with, with uh, a frustration of mine um, when things were slow, when census was uh, going down a little bit and we haven't had a, Cold winter, as, as the analogy goes, um, mm -hmm. in healthcare. And I, and then I had gotten simultaneously, right before I shot you an email, I had gotten an email from the head of one of the local hospitals that basically had said, you know, that, that they were going, they're doing away with their preferred provider list, that CMS uh, was was opposed to it, I guess, and the and new regulations came out that they had to give out uh, the star ratings and all the facilities to their uh, let's say they're they're a patient they want to send to a facility, mm -hmm. um, whereas previously, it it was based on relationship. It was based on geographic. It was based on um, knowing what what I can or cannot do or what I was willing to do. Um, whereas today, it is solely at least what they're saying is based on star rating, which I'll disprove to you in in one second actually. 
um, and I can give you a, a very true story that just happened. But it is very, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to get, you know, ahead of the star rating if you're, a, if you are an inner city home that takes the challenging folks, it's a double-edged sword because those very same challenging folks is what can, let's say for the non-educated world, uh, he or she can frequently go in and out of the hospitals that can affect our quality measures. Um, like you said a second ago, that an individual that really we can take care of in-house, but is simply um, assume that this person has not met seek, you know, pain-seeking medications and whatnot. You know, this person is going in and out of the hospital frequently to the emergency room or being admitted to that very same hospital that uh, he or she came from, which is a 30-day readmission. Um, going back a second, which may not answer your question, but uh, a transition into your, your question, I believe, is that, you know, we had, we had someone that we took from one hospital. He was his own person, uh, had very poor insight into his uh, condition, uh, did have a dementia diagnosis, yet he was still his own person. He did admit to our facility about two weeks later for short-term rehab. Two weeks later, roughly, he says, I'm ready to go. Therapy says he's ready to go. But I knew, the social worker knew that this person was not able to go to live on his own. Um, yet he was his own person. Legally speaking, he has the right to make, unfortunately, bad choices. Um, thankfully, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I have been fortunate enough to align myself and, and, my, and my company along with uh, home health providers where they notify us uh, the second someone goes to the hospital. Well, lo and behold, this gentleman went home probably within hours uh, was, for whatever reason, fell down. Unsure. It's a, it's a little... Uh, unclear. Um, ended up back in the hospital, obviously under 30 days. Um, and I called up that social worker. I said, hey, you know, person X was from our facility. Would you mind if I came out and saw this person? Social worker said, sure, no problem. And to summarize the entire situation, if the person wanted to return back to my facility, despite his readmission and despite factual numbers, you know, basically, you could say we failed, um, although we took somebody that was a question, a questionable uh, referral admission um, and questionable factuals um, number-wise, if mm -hmm. we were playing the numbers game, we took somebody with a payer, went back to a hospital within two weeks, and we knew that was a possibility. So we get dinged, they get dinged, and yet, it, had I not reached out to that social worker, would I have received that referral? Unknown, I guess. Right, unknown, not necessarily. So uh, just just for the sake of time, I don't, you know, I don't want to go too late. I want to respect your time, as well. Um, but just a couple of things: the star rating is based on facts, right? So Correct. whether or not it's fair is, I guess, somewhat subjective. It, the CMS does not want what you just described to happen. Now the question is, what could you do if you accepted this person? Someone can make a bad decision, jump down, and, and you know, just whatever. They could injure themselves and end up back in the hospital, which has nothing to do with you, and it's still going to affect uh, your star rating. So, which is why there are lots of um, a lot of companies, vendors, forward-thinking operators who are coming up with all sorts of ideas, tools. Um, ways of operating to try to mitigate some of this risk. 
So for example, th- this might not be the best case, but you know, we had, we had uh, Morty Eisenberg from uh, Tapestry Telehealth where they use telehealth to, you know, to prevent sending people unnecessarily out to the hospital. We're that, actually that, rolling that, that out right now. What? We're actually rolling yeah. that out. As we speak. Oh, you are. Okay. Awesome. Yes, I mean, but that's that's something that's very effective, and that's a very simple concept. I mean, the the technology is amazing, but the concept behind it is not complex, is that if you can have access to uh, the skill of a doctor 24-7 to say what's going on with this patient, instead of a nurse that's hysterical calling up the doctor and saying, oh my gosh, you know, Mrs. White is white, should we send her out? It's going to be, well, let me have a look. And they go in and they have a look and let me listen and say, no, you know what? You start her on Lasix, do this, do that, do the other thing. She doesn't need to go out. Again, the goal is not to send, is not to prevent sending people out who belong in the hospital. But, you know, most, many of the, a lot of the time, you know, there are ways to do that. The other thing is we also had from another podcast episode, one of the earlier ones, we had a company, Megadata, and there are other companies also that do this, where people are constantly looking at their metrics to help identify, proactively identify those who are high risk to go out. And let's say, you know, so your case is a little bit more difficult because this person may make their own decision. They could go AMA as well, right? So, but let's say this person, you can know ahead of time, okay, this person came three times. All three times when they came, they left against medical advice or they borderline. So let's try to see what could we do now to mitigate. Let's actually go down to his house. Let's see if he has a house. Let's see if there's a key. This person fell. Did this person ever make it into the house? Like, you know, and try to, you know, try to work things out that way. Again, I'm not saying anything could have been done differently in your particular case, but it kind of evens actually, the playing home, field. Home evaluation was completed by therapy, and it, it was a very safe environment. It was simply the fact that he just has poor inside his, his condition poor safety awareness and that's the choice that he made yeah it's not, made. it's not always available again another point with the star rating is also that it's delayed right you have five star facilities that had a horrible survey and for another year and a half it still says five stars and then you have a, a one-star facility i had this to me you have a, you have an amazing survey or amazing two surveys and you still have one or two uh which is not a you know an accurate depiction of what's really going on in the facility which is why Google reviews sometimes are more accurate from, you know, especially describing the customer experience. It's less clinical, but it's more from a business perspective. And, uh, you, know, you know, so sometimes that, you know, sometimes that could be uh, more effective. Anyways, Joe, I don't want to hold you longer than you, need to, you know, than you need to be here. I really appreciate you coming and giving us some real live experience, boots on the ground type of perspective of what's going on we understand the struggle is real the star rating is what it is you know we have the changes as they come out and you know and all the skilled operators including yourself and your company um, are figuring out all sorts of ways to try and succeed in this challenging environment uh, just before we go any final thoughts before we wrap up here any final thoughts well you know what I- uh, I can help you with this. You're transitioning from marketing to operations. Why this are you doing that? This is correct. Um, Does it have to do with today's conversation? No, it's something that I've been wanting to do for, for some time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm planning on get, obtaining my license. However, I plan on continuing in this role, which I, I'm sure that's a little curveball to you. Yeah, um, it is a little curveball. 
Um, I, I happen to love what I do, and given the right situation and circumstances, perhaps I could do still both. Amazing. So you're not willing to let go. You want not to you, let go. Good for you. You want to expand on your career, and you you know you've enjoyed what you're doing so far, and you want to move on to the next thing. Awesome. Correct. Thank you so much, Joe, for coming on the Nursing Home Podcast. Uh, if people want to learn more about you and follow your path, I guess they can follow you on LinkedIn. They just search for Joe. What's your last? I'm sorry. Goldberg. Joe, Joe Goldberg. Okay, I'm sorry. From Cincinnati. And you will find him right there. I'm sure you're going to comment on this episode once it goes live. So that's another way. They'll, they'll be able to find you at the nursinghomepodcast.com. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast. Be sure to share this episode with all of your friends in the nursing home industry and just tell them to head on over to the nursinghomepodcast.com. In the meantime, head on over to iTunes. Leave me an honest, wonderful review. Take a screenshot of it and I will send you a gift straight and special for you. Again, head on over to iTunes. Leave me an honest review. Take a screenshot of it and send it on over to me on LinkedIn. And I'll be sure that we send something out special just for you. Have an awesome day.